0: Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Pendo, and today I have the honor of introducing you to Helena Sarkon. Originally from Alaska, Helena just graduated from the master's program this May with a master's in international management with an emphasis in climate action and responsible management. She has an undergraduate degree in anthropology from University of Alaska Anchorage. Helena is extremely team-oriented, adaptive, and has a strong passion for working with communities and organizations that focus on disaster relief and emergency management. I'm super excited to introduce you all to her today. So officially, welcome to the podcast, Helena. Thank you, Margaret, for having me. Of course. So first things first, I kind of want to get into the graduate program at Franklin and what drew you originally to Franklin's um, graduate program. and Did it live up to
1: your expectations if you had any to begin with? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think, um, well, just I guess to start with a little bit of background, when I graduated from my undergrad in 2018, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. I was looking into master of public health programs to go into straight out of undergrad. I was looking into jobs. I was looking into the Peace Corps. And ultimately, I decided to take a two year break to work, and that really um, inspired me to look for a program that would help me develop more um, more technical management skills to support my degree in anthropology. so that's really what grew me to, what drew me to this international man- management program was the focus on project management, uh, the focus on teamwork and on sort of developing these leadership skills to support the sort of soft science degree that i already had uh, that's very social and uh people people oriented i guess so that's originally what drew me to the program the other thing that drew me to this program is that it's 10 months long and at the time and still now i really did not want to be in academia for a long period of time and a lot of the graduate programs i looked at were two years Um, which I think in some cases, and depending on what people are looking for, is a great option. But for me, I'm really motivated to start working. And I think that the world is at a turning point in terms of climate change. There's a lot of communities and people in need. And I really was motivated to find a program that would help me develop these skills to start working uh, right away.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. And so part of the program you actually got to partnership with UNITAR. And I was wondering if you kind of could elaborate on what you were able to create for yourself through the graduate program and through this partnership with UNITAR.
1: Yeah, that that also is a really is a really good question. One of the I guess I'll just start a little bit about with my experience in the program as a whole. It's very project oriented so throughout the whole ten months we were almost constantly working in teams working in groups um, we had a project management class that was over the course of the whole semester we really uh, practiced working in certain roles such as a project project manager position or maybe in a finance position and so it was really um through over the course of the year, we were really able to foster those skills and within that, work on our project development skills as well. And so, uh, for example, with project management, we learned how to write a business case where we sort of described the project and built it from the ground up. And all of these, all of these things that we learned over the course of the year, we were really able to apply to our final project with UNITAR. For my final project, I worked with my uh, partner, Tina Carme, and we worked in partnership with UNITAR in the Green Development and Climate Change Program Unit. And with that unit, we worked with our advisor to design our project challenge. So we really had the freedom and opportunity to choose a topic that was interesting to us and that was relevant to what we wanted to explore. So ours was focused on education and how to reach communities, um, rural, rural and remote communities that don't have stable access to internet. And so I guess in that way, we really had the opportunity to design a project that was tailored to the direction or something something that we were interested in and I will say at the time um (laughs) at the time with the project I was it was challenging for me to find an exact connection um in terms of education and how that was relevant to my interest and then about maybe a week or two in I just sort of had a light bulb moment where I was like hey working with rural and remote communities is extremely relevant to." emergency management, and disaster relief. And communication is really a massive, massive pillar to to basically everything. I mean, cross-cultural communication in these certain areas, um, like what communication channels you use, how the message is tailored to those communication channels, and to the receiver of the message. So over the course of the six weeks, it was just really interesting to explore this idea of communication and education from a perspective that I didn't have any experience in. So that's what I would I would say for that. Yeah, that's really exciting
0: that you were able to kind of engage pretty much deeply with the real world and real life issues. And something that's really kind of amazing is you got to kind of present that at the UN And so I was kind of wondering how that felt. How was that experience being able to go to Geneva and kind of give this brainchild in such an amazing,
1: um, you know, place? It was surreal. I think even now it doesn't fully feel real. It's been such a a whirlwind whirlwind since we've started the project, worked on it, um, and since we finished the project. So it just... It feels, it feels so crazy, and I feel so lucky to have been able to share my project, and not only that, but to see what my colleagues and my classmates worked on, because we all had the opportunity to really explore different directions, and so as Tina and I had the opportunity to kind of tailor the direction of our project over the course of the, of the six weeks, so did our, so did our classmates. And so it was really incredible to see what everyone was able to accomplish and to see how everyone approached their projects. I think that was something that was um, really interesting is that in all of our other classes, we were kind of, we were working together or we had some sort of guidance of how to approach the project. So for example, with project management, we were told that we should make a Gantt chart and that we should develop a communication plan and that, the team should be sort of um, organized in a certain structure, but in our um, par- projects and partnership with the UN, the individual project groups really had the opportunity to design their own approach and to include certain elements of project development or not include certain elements of project development, depending on, on what their project was. And um, yeah, I think that was one of my, one of my favorite parts was just learning about how every group approached their project, the different challenges that the groups had and ultimately how they came together um, and what their final result was. And I, that six weeks I think was probably the biggest um the biggest piece of learning in the entire year was really having the freedom and the opportunity to explore this place um and still have guidance from our our professors and the, our advisors but we really had the had our own agency to kind of yeah develop what we wanted to and that I think that was really interesting so with all of that being said it was really exciting to share to share our project at the UN and who knows, hopefully something will come, come of it. We had some super interesting ideas related to workshop and sort of uh, transitioning online material into material that could be shared uh, in person. So yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see if it will go any further.
0: Yeah, that actually was gonna, I was gonna ask just a curiosity I had was, is any, are any of your classmates or you and your partner thinking of kind of taking the,
1: these projects beyond the classroom? There are some, some of my classmates who did internships with other uh, organizations. And so they actually were uh, working and sort of working in the field of um, sustainable fashion, for example, or working on social media. So some of the projects have kind of already crossed that gray area into the real, real world. In terms of the projects um, that we presented in in Geneva and at the UN, there, I think there, well, I know that there are some of my classmates who are very motivated to um, pursue the project beyond that. In terms of the details, I am not sure where that stands right now is I think at least speaking for myself, I as soon as we finished the our projects after ten months of intense work, it was it was time for a short break before um <laughs> before diving back in.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also another opportunity that you had throughout your year at Franklin was being able to be a co founder and vice president in kind of transition, which we can talk about, but for Oikos Lugano at Franklin, So can you tell us more about that and potentially how you see this chapter of Oikos that you're able to create evolving in Lugano specifically?
1: Yeah, so Oikos Lugano was actually a huge part of my semester. I learned about Oikos Lugano through Ryle Gretter, who is one of my classmates, and she was the president of Oikos Lugano. Um, And... Oikos, so Oikos International is a student-led nonprofit nonprofit organization that is focused on embedding sustainability and in management and economic um, at acad- academics or academia. And so it really is student-led, very student oriented. And one of the main goals is empowering students to be change makers in their own communities. So it really um, appealed to us because it was this whole international network with support, but it also enables and supports people to make a change at a local community level. And that was something that we really felt motivated to do. Um, Specifically at Franklin, I think they're is a a great awareness of sustainability more so than I've experienced at my other university, for example, or um, other organizations that I've worked in. But we really felt like, like I said before, that the world is at a turning point and there we really wanted to draw more attention and draw more awareness to this issue of sustainability and also support, support Franklin students and students in Lugano in being a part of an organization that could make a tangible change. Whether that means educational events, whether that means doing uh, supporting the Keyhole Compost project that Michael Garland and Rael Gretter did for their UN project and is also in partnership with Oikos Lugano. Or working on sustainable fashion projects, whatever whatever that is, whether whether it's education or raising awareness or actually doing projects, it was really important for us to to work on that. Um, in addition to, and just on a more student level of our own growth as students, again, it was an opportunity to really develop an organization from the ground up, which is something that was my first time being involved at a student organization at at this level. So we were involved in the process from the very beginning of very beginning to not the end, but to the, to passing, passing it off to the new board, transitioning to, to the new board. So we had to work on the chapter constitution. We had to set up, we had to find advisors. We had to sort of, um, we did our first event, which was an on Online event on circular economy where we had over fifty participants in our very first event, which was just incredible. So it was there were a lot of elements to this project. Um, gosh, I mean, social media. Like I said, working with advisors, it just it was there was so much involved, and it was such a great opportunity as graduate students and as a student at any level to really apply what we had been working on and feel like the skills that we had learned could actually, um, help, (laughs) help us to achieve something. So that was something that was really special about Oikos Lugano as well. Yeah,
0: that's really cool. And so for people listening, how can they get involved with Oikos Lugano, um, at Franklin or just in Lugano in general?
1: Yeah, so we do have, um, you can find Oikos Sugano on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and the application to apply to be a part of Oikos Sugano is available on those social medias. We also were featured in an article published by Franklin University, so you can find us there, and uh, on the Oikos International website. So we're we're trying to uh, grow this year. That was a really big a really big goal of ours, we started with a board of four, uh, our original board, and then now we have about, I think, maybe 13 members. Wow. And yeah, and then, yeah, the next, or this upcoming school year, I think the main main goal is growth. We already have a couple of students from Supsi, from Uzi, so we're trying to kind of branch out a little bit from Franklin, which... Um, I will add that was another reason why we were really motivated to start Waco Sugano It's because I mean as a as a Franklin student, you I think maybe could understand this as well, but it's really easy to kind of stay within Franklin. It's it's a really tight community in a lot of ways. And because of that and because of the resources available, um it can be like I said, it can be easy to to stay in that and to not sort of interact with the other uni- universities in our and in, in Lugano, but um yeah, we were really motivated to sort of form this network of young people out outside <laughs> outside of Serenko, kind of yeah. branch out a little bit further, so we're really looking forward to to growing that and we the the board will or the founding board will still be involved as advisors this year so we'll still be around (laughs) nice
0: yeah and for i'll link the website and the instagram handle in the description of this podcast um but that's really exciting i feel like this has such an opportunity to really engage franklin with a bigger community like you said in such a tangible way that isn't like so Franklin focused, but more like worldly focused. That's really exciting. Mm -hmm. I I wish you the best in that project and I'm super excited for you. Yeah, thank you. So kind of going back in time a little bit before you came to Franklin, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about your experience working for the Alaska Native Tribal Health Consortium because you originally started that position through an America or Vista position. And so I guess before we kind of talk about what you did, um, I kind of wanted to talk about what led you to joining AmeriCorps. um, And then let's talk about what you did on a day to day.
1: So in terms of AmeriCorps, as I mentioned in the beginning, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do when I finished my undergrad, and I actually just kind of stumbled upon AmeriCorps. It was not something that was planned. Um, As I mentioned, I was looking into the Peace Corps, so I was already looking into that sort of um, area of volunteering, of service, of really being involved at a more community level, but actually how I found out about AmeriCorps was from a Email from one of my professors with a description of the of the position, and it looked like something that could be of interest. And I thought, you know, why not? I don't really have a solid plan right now, so might as well explore any options. And um, that's how how I came to get the Americorps VISTA position at ANTHC. Um, And it really, I mean, it was just such an incredible opportunity. I feel so thankful that I was a part of that. And that I was able to sort of interact and um, be part of of my community in that way. It's very easy in in Anchorage, which is where I'm originally from, to kind of feel um, not stuck, but sort of like have a desire to leave and kind of get out, especially after being there for my undergrad. So originally, that's what I what really wanted was to um, was to leave Alaska, but having experienced it through Americorps and and feel like I was sort of part of this bigger community was um, really really important to me. So it was a way to learn about my home and learn about my state and really important issues about um, access to infrastructure, water and sanitation in rural communities. Um, the challenges that come with federal funding and with working sort of in that um, in that area where there are communities that don't have access to infrastructure that I think a lot of people assume is just a given, especially in the united states so yeah that that experience with AmeriCorps was really critical in my in my development and gave me an opportunity to yeah, like I said, experience, experience my home and my state in a different way and really be motivated to continue working in that field in the future.
0: Yeah. And so what did your day-to-day look like? Like, how were you kind of engaging with your community?
1: Yeah. So, uh, that's a, that's a good question. I don't think I've thought about this in a while. Um, I was working on a project to update housing and sanitation data for the federal government. So how the funding system works for Alaska native communities is the amount of, um, the amount of funding for a water and sewer system can, one of the metrics, that they look at is the number of Alaska native homes in a community, the number of non-native homes in a community, the number of residential buildings, non-residential buildings, and then what type of water and sewer service they have. So there was no standardized way to update this information for this database that the federal government uses. And that was really challenging because a lot of the information was outdated. So when I would look into these communities, some of the information hadn't been updated in 10 or 12 years. And um, there can be a lot of change in a community in that amount of time, whether that means you know more, more homes have been built, maybe some homes that were previously occupied are not anymore. So whatever those changes were, there wasn't a standardized methodology to, to update them. So... My AmeriCorps VISTA position was a year. For about the first, I would say, three or maybe three months, two or three months, I really worked on the um, assessment that I developed. So I developed a packet, like an actual paper hard copy packet uh, that I could mail out to communities um, and have, ask people to, to fill them in, or I could email the the information so I worked on developing that which was um it was a very challenging process you know I was coming straight from my undergrad um I didn't feel like I had a lot of hard skills I there was a lot of writing and critical thinking involved with anthropology but not necessarily technical skills (laughs) and so that was a that was a huge learning curve for me there was um challenges i mean i was writing an assessment as an outsider to to these different cultures and so that was also something that was um a learning experience for me of what language was i using what sort of what was the meaning um behind a word that i intended it to be versus how it was understood and so that was something that was really interesting to explore and definitely uh, evolved over time In terms of the actual assessment, it was almost constantly changing, just to you know try to find the meaning of of what was needed for the database, and um, so after the assessment was, after we kind of had like a final draft of the assessment, then I was. Reaching out to communities um, via phone or email, traveling out to communities for site visits, and working with the local governments—so with the tribal or with the city, with the city councils—to update this information. Uh, so it was—it was a lot of communication, which was also a, a huge learning curve for me. But I would say. Yeah, most of my day today looked like emailing, calling, um, sending out packets. When I received them, I entered all of the data into a Microsoft Access database that I designed. So it was a lot of, um, yeah, it was a lot of data entry and a lot of communication.
0: Nice. And so, kind of with all of that experience in mind, and now that you graduated. I was kind of wondering, like, what's on the agenda for you? What are you hoping to accomplish in the next coming months or years?
1: Yeah, um, that's another question that I, that I think maybe I'll. I'll uh, could, well, the answer will continue to evolve over time. But right now, I'm very motivated to work in this uh, work in the space of emergency response and disaster relief. I as we've seen, I mean, we're recording this uh, end of July, 2021, and there were just the uh, um, a ton of floods in central China. We've seen, been hearing about uh, wildfires in the United States. There's just so much going on in terms of um, climate change, and things are drastically worsening. And one of the areas that I'm really interested in is this con- this idea of climate change. Ref- climate change refugees and how many people will be displaced from climate change. And unfortunately, I don't think that it's something that is a future problem. I think it's a now problem and I think it's just going to continue to get worse. And there are a lot of small communities that are at the forefront of climate change, um, such as communities in rural Alaska, which are experiencing melting permafrost and erosion and, um, challenges that are like i said really really af- affecting places right now so i'm really motivated to work in the space of um i'm probably with uh ngos that's kind of where i'm first interested to start with but working in the space of being on the on the ground working with communities and really trying to i don't know maybe it would be in the space of coordination um but really where, wherever the work is 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 where i want to be and i have um i have a desire to serve and to be in, involved in that space so i think i'm going to start looking into looking into ngos looking into a space where i can really apply my uh international management degree as you mentioned in the uh, in the introduction, I'm really motivated to work on teams. I love teamwork. I think or I love <laughs> I, I think that working on teams and I think that an interdisciplinary um, or trans transdisciplinary approach is really essential and is going to be key moving forward. So yeah, I just I'm really motivated to work with people and hopefully help help wherever wherever I can help people on the ground and policy is important sustainability is important it's it's important that we're moving towards a sustainable world on a larger scale but there's also people on the ground who are being affected right now and it's important to to be involved on that level as well
0: yeah well it's really exciting i feel like the future is only bright and before we actually started recording you were mentioning that you're going to go for a hike in eastern switzerland and then you're going to go on a road trip and see some sites so I wish you the best and safest of travels. Um, But thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. It's really been wonderful to get
1: some insight on what it's like to be Helena. So
0: thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. And I think that I think that in this effort and sort of in your effort to talk to young people and hear their experiences is really important. So I look forward to listening to the rest of the Franklin, Franklin podcast.
0: Yay, thank you. Well, we'll definitely keep in touch and I look forward to kind of hearing about what's next. All right, I'll see you. Bye.
1: Bye.